Dear fellow redeemed, we briefly consider our gospel reading from the Gospel of John, chapter 10. And John 10 actually begins in John chapter 9. Because sin, this man or his parents that he was born blind. And by the end of John chapter 9, that man who had been blind from birth was able to see, was kicked out of his local church, small c church, and then was brought to faith in the one who had given him sight. That Jesus had put mud on his eyes, had sent him to wash in the pool of Siloam, and the man came back seeing, but it happened to be the Sabbath day, and you know that you shouldn't heal people on the Sabbath day. And so the Pharisees tried to figure out, how did this happen? And the man said, well, I don't know if he's the Messiah or not, but what I do know is I was blind and now I see. They kicked him out of the synagogue. Jesus found him. Because that's what Jesus does. They kicked him out of the synagogue. Jesus found him and asked him, who is it? Jesus asked him, do you know the one? And he pointed to himself as Jesus does. I, the one speaking to you, am he. And the man worshipped him. And that's the setting. Because the conversation continues in chapter 10. Jesus then turns to the group of Pharisees, the gaggle of Pharisees, who are honking back and forth at one another and disrupted and upset that this man was kicked out of the synagogue and upset that this Jesus might be the Messiah because they had already decided in their little brains that Jesus was not. And so Jesus begins by telling them a story. A story so they don't miss the point, and he tries to explain it in a way that is understandable, and especially understandable to his sheep. Because Jesus collects his sheep. That's what Jesus does. And he begins, Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the door but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. And we are somewhat familiar with this, this image of Jesus as a shepherd. Somewhat familiar, maybe you even had in your grandparents' house growing up, that image of Jesus holding one of the little lambs in the flock behind him. I remember that from my grandmother's house, in that room that nobody walked in or sat in, except when she had guests over, with this thing that she called a Davenport, even though it was a couch. <laughs> that image of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Jesus doing exactly what he always does. And as we begin John chapter 10, following on, following on the heels of John chapter 9, we see that Jesus is doing this not just as a, as a general statement, but because this is what Jesus does. Jesus acts as a shepherd for his people. He gathers his people. And he defends his people. Jesus acts as a shepherd for his people, gathering them and defending them with this one same tool of his voice, where the image of the shepherd is probably somewhat equivalent to, um, at least in our culture, the image of the American farmer, or that, um, that painting of American Gothic of the man with the pitchfork and his wife, and they aren't smiling at all. Because for the Israelites, the shepherd wasn't just the hard worker out in the countryside. He wasn't just the one who enabled them to eke out a, a living from the land. But it was also the term that they even applied to their kings. 
King David, the, the shepherd king of Israel. Jesus Christ, the shepherd king of his church. Big C. That Jesus did and still does exactly the same thing that he has always done. He gathers his sheep by his word, and that's why you're here. That's why you're here. Even though after this service and you know, between services now, um, today we have our meeting where we talk about a lot of the other ministry options and the things that are going on here. Um, some of the improvements that we make and some of the ideas on how we can bring this voice of Jesus to someone else and someone more. What I hope that you see is that every step of the way, every element of our work is connected to this one central vital idea that Jesus still gathers his sheep by his voice. Jesus still gathers his sheep by his voice, whether it is there at that baptismal font where you or uh, many of our members have brought their babies. Jesus still gathers his sheep by his voice, whether it was um, through some of our online outlets such as podcasts or YouTube, or simply the invitation of, I think you should come to church. Jesus still gathers his sheep by his voice, as later in the service we also have um, a baptism for a young adult. And you look at that, and you marvel that this must be something different than what the world has to offer. That the flock that Jesus has gathered is predicated on this one central idea, that Jesus still gathers his sheep by his voice. And so everything we do is connected to that. Even the simple invitation of, why don't you come along to, with me to church and I'll pick you up on Sunday morning, leads to the same spot where we confess together that I confess that I am a sinner by nature and that I can't do anything, um, anything of good, anything of spiritual value toward God. But my Jesus has risen from the dead to give me his blessing. That my Jesus has brought me here by his voice. That Jesus still gathers his flock by his voice. And on top of that, that he doesn't just gather his flock, but that he protects his flock by the same voice. That the shepherd and multiple shepherds with multiple flocks would pen their sheep up for the night into a large stone pen. And then they would take turns um, either sleeping or keeping watch over the flock by night. And then in the morning, you've got all these sheep who are all mixed together. And as the gate is opened, the shepherd just walks up and he starts talking. The shepherd walks up and he starts talking and the sheep that are his start to follow him. And it's a little bit different, I guess, with goats. Apparently with goats, you would drive them along in front of you using a stick to keep them in line. But the shepherd... He walks up and he starts calling them, whether it's Spot or whatever the name may be. He starts calling them, and then he starts walking, and the sheep listen to his voice, and the sheep follow him. Because even when the flock has been gathered, that the shepherd still follow, um, encourages them to follow by using his voice. He still keeps them together as a flock through his voice. And as he starts with this, is one of the personal and attentive care of this shepherd. The shepherd who would um, even dig a little channel away from the river or the spring or the stream so that you know, the, the loud stream wouldn't scare the little sheep. But he digs a little channel so that the water would be diverted into a quiet little creek. 
quiet little reservoir where the sheep can gather. And the shepherd keeps his, his flock together during the day as he watches out for dangers that might threaten his flock. But even there, even there, he keeps them together by his voice. Because when the shepherd is in the middle of the flock, there is nothing to fear. The shepherd is the one who would wage war, who would, um, who would scare away any threat or danger. The shepherd is the one who protects his flock by this one voice because he alone has the power to, um, to drive away any predators. And so the shepherd still does this one simple thing. And we're here as the flock of the good shepherd. Whatever it is that brought you here in the first place, and if we went around the room, there'd be almost as many um, different reasons as there are people here. Whether it was the personal invitation of a friend or you were just driving by and had grown up Catholic and then you saw this and this is kind of similar and then you came here. Whether it was um, just walking by and you see us. Or maybe you had come here from another church. Maybe you had been raised in this church from your youth. Whatever it is that you've been brought here to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd. And what does Jesus say? Amen, amen, I tell you, I am the door for the sheep, I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come out and go in and find pasture. And when he says these things, what he's saying is, dear Christian, dear friend, that here, here gathered around the voice of Jesus, you have safety. You've been gathered together into this one common, single, solitary purpose to listen to the voice of the Good Shepherd. That we have brought our children to the font so that, according to the promise of our Savior, that the Good Shepherd's voice might be brought into their lives. That we, um, we invite our, our young people to be married at this church, or at least to be married by their pastor, so that the blessing and the words of the Good Shepherd might be specifically applied to their married life together. We talk about and encourage our parents to primary position as God intended in the spiritual education of their children, with this one single purpose, that they also might hear the voice of the Good Shepherd. That we gather here even on days that are sad, that even through our tears we rejoice when the Good Shepherd brings another of his sheep safely home to the eternal sheep pen. That's why we're here. And the question. Among the different questions that we might ask, the question of, how are we doing? How's it going? I think the broader question, do we know the shepherd's voice well enough to suffer for the shepherd? Do we know the shepherd's voice well enough to even suffer for the shepherd? Because that's what, that's what Peter had brought out in his reading from 1 Peter chapter 2. And that's also the work of the shepherd. That he not only seeks out the one and leaves the 99, but that he also teaches the one and allows perhaps even pain in their life that they would also learn through personal experience to pay attention to, to attend to the voice of the good shepherd. And whatever the case may be, chances are at some point during your life, if it hasn't happened already, it certainly will you will encounter some sort of um, collision. 
between what is convenient, simple, easy, the easy way out, and what our shepherd has called us to be and to do. What is simple, easy, straightforward, the easy way out? Well, I will keep my faith to myself. Well, it's not that big of a deal if I just do this one little thing, and as long as pastor doesn't know, nobody will confront me about it. What is simple, easy to do? Well, I'll just let pastor take care of that. But as for me and my responsibility, not so much. What is simple and easy to do? I'm glad that, that you're having a meeting today, but I've got um, other things that I have to attend to. And by the way, um, Bible class doesn't really fit in my schedule. Maybe next week. There are varying degrees. And thankfully, we haven't reached the extreme where Jesus has called his church in this place to suffer overt persecution for his name. I'm not entirely convinced that that's going to be the case for my entire life or yours, by the way. But we haven't reached that extreme of being confronted with this question, do we know and love the shepherd's voice to the point of suffering for his name? But from there, it's just a difference of degree. <laughs> Whether that suffering is, I already put in my 70 hours this week and even 11 o'clock is a little early for me. Or maybe it's just a difference of degree. Um, I'm, I'm busy and I have other things that I need to do and boy, I just need a few minutes of peace. So rather than, um, Rather than sitting down and talking with my children about church, I'll just let them use the iPad for a little while. It's not a difference of kind, but a difference of degree. And how true it is that I and you need to hear once again the voice of the Good Shepherd. The voice of the Good Shepherd who says that he knows his sheep and his sheep follow him. The voice of the Good Shepherd who, who demonstrated such love and care and concern that he left the 99 group together to seek out the one. The voice of the Good Shepherd who said that in his word, his very promise to you, his very promise to you is that he wants to use every up, down, and sideways event of your life to be, and he wants all each of those events to be viewed through the lens of Scripture so that you would see that your Good Shepherd cares for you in every single element. So that the suffering that we experience would be a time to drive us back to this word of God and say, good shepherd, speak to me. That's what I need. So that our gathering together for boring things like a quarterly ministry meeting would be a time to say, good shepherd, bless your work here. Because if it were up to us, it would all fall apart. So that our efforts to reach out to those who have been separated from church for a while, what I call de-churched, I'll talk about that in the meeting today. So that our efforts to reach out to those who, um, at one time, had been members of our churches here in the Toledo area, that he would bless our efforts, and that his voice would, would be brought to those who have strayed away. Lord, speak to me. And you don't have to be looking back and forth and up and down as if to say, where and how does my Jesus speak to me? He's not going to speak in your heart except if you have memorized large portions of Scripture and you recall those. But he will speak exactly where he had promised to be found in his word. And what does he say? I know my sheep and my sheep know me 
He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. His sheep listen to his voice and he goes on to say a little bit later in this chapter that there are other sheep that are not of this sheep pen and yet he has to gather them also. That his love for his sheep, his love for you, is so great that he doesn't want anything to get in the way of his work. His love for you and for me is so great that he says, Dear Christian, dear little sheep, little lamb, do you see what your Lord has done for you? Dear Christian, your sin has been forgiven, and you've been given a place in the pastures of God. And not only here, but for all eternity. That we've been given a purpose in, in our congregational work here. And it isn't to try to figure out um, the best way to do A, B, or C. It's this one single solitary purpose that the shepherd has always had. Of sharing his voice with one more. This good shepherd who has gathered his sheep, who still today gathers his sheep. This good shepherd who defends his flock and leads his sheep to the pure teaching of God's word. This good shepherd who, yes, encourages his sheep so that you can say yes. Even as, um, as our hymn just said, Lord, let this your little flock, your holy name confess it. Even as our as our hymn said, that there is one purpose for this one flock led by the one shepherd using the one tool that we would hear his voice. That we would hear his voice in scripture and we would rejoice together. Do you see the blessings that our Lord has given to you? He has promised to turn every bit of suffering into a blessing for you. He has promised to build a church that will stand forever. He has promised to defend his flock exactly as he said. And yes, the good shepherd does what he always does. He speaks. Amen.